Okay, right now. Damien, are you excited for this? Because I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's start with uh, my man, Kenny Thomas, owner of El Ray, downtown Sacramento. Ray 9 Lray.com. Lray on K. Uh, yeah. Well, how about his water too? We're going to talk about uh, oh, we're going to talk, talk about his water here. We'll talk about his water. Trust okay. me. <laughs> trust me on that. We'll talk. We will be talking about his water. Also, my man from your Sacramento Kings, Derek Martin. Everybody, yes, sir. And also, formerly of your Sacramento Kings, making his way up here, uh, one of the finest individuals to play here. My man, give it up for Bonzi Wells. Love it. What's up, my man? Bonzi. Big three. Remember the big three? Yeah, yes, indeed. Got the big three. So let's start, uh, Bonzi, as you're getting comfortable over there. How you feeling? I'm good, my brother. How are you? Absolutely, uh, Man, I'm fantastic. We just want to check on you. We know you had a little, uh, little health scare not too long ago. We want to yeah. make sure you're doing well. I'm good. Appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Derek Martin, how have you been? Great, man. I've been great. What have you been up to lately? Last couple of years, I was coaching a G League team for yes, the Sacramento sir. Kings. Yes, sir. We were in Reno. Uh, bad flights, long flights. <laughs> uh, but I was able to develop some players. I had three call-ups last year. Uh, all, of my, all of my players got better. Uh, we ended up uh, getting to the second round of the playoffs. So it was overall a great experience for me uh, as a coach. So let's talk about that for a second before we get to Kenny over here because you talked about coaching in the G League and all that. It's not charter flights. It's not quite the glamour thing that <laughs> no. the NBA is. It's it's a lot different. Not at all. Uh, typically, we have to get up and catch a flight at 6 in the morning to try to make a connection to get to a place eventually at 4 o'clock in the evening. So it's a long day. And then the next day, uh, a couple times we had to get up and play at 11 in the morning the next day. So that was typically kind of hard. Uh, but for the most part, if we take those flights and we get in – the, the game is the next day at 7.30, but it's still a time change for our guys and for myself. So it's a little bit of a grind. On the end there, you may see him or hear him at 8.30 <laughs> Thursdays on my show or 6.30 yeah. sometimes on my show, d- depending on the week. Kenny Thomas, <laughs> how you doing, buddy? Uh, good, man. You how boot? you doing? Man, that's Bonzi. That's much love. <laughs> same, 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 same thing, just like when we played together. Now, you have stayed really, really busy in this community. Of course, you have El Rey, RK, yeah. home, of the, uh, home of the corn, one for three <laughs> or four for 12. You got to tell that story. The Elote. Yeah, I go, into bon- I, I, I go into Kenny's restaurant, LK, uh, El Rey, RK. And uh, any of you familiar with Elote, it's, it's uh, Mexican corn. It's amazing, right? So I, I'm, I'm a sucker for it. So I go in. I'm with my wife, and I see on the menu you can get uh, uh, an ear of corn for $3. And then I see at the bottom of the description, it says, or special price, you can get four for 12. And, and I, I do I the had, math for us. I had to carry the, <laughs> the, the math number there. Four times, that's not a deal. I mean, a it's a joke deal. on the menu, man. Well, I fell for it. I got four. But and he thought he yeah. thought he walked away with a I deal, did. too. He was like, Kenny, oh, this is a great deal, man. How are you making any money when you're giving away so cheap? My wife slaps me on the back of the head. Dummy, it's same price. The yes, question the is, nice thing about- was the corn good, the though? The corn was, um, I, will, I will give it up. And, and obviously, I wouldn't bring Kenny up here and be like, oh, man, that food sucked. <laughs> and no, your I, wife had a 40, too, remember? <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> she had a 40 assault, oh. man. And, and finished it quickly. Oh, too, yeah. Too quick. Probably, but no, we hang out. Where'd she grow up in Compton? 
Huh? Right? <laughs> I, I grew up in Compton. Inland, so I know a lot about 40s. Inland Empire, Riverside. Okay, that's yeah, good. So yeah. you, you're almost there. Southern that's California. Kind of, yeah. I can't tell you how complete my life would be to find out you were married to a girl from Compton. Man. That would, that would change my life right, forever. Right, exactly. You, you, you know why I, I know what I know, man. I mean, she, but I'll tell you this much. I can't, I, I can't give her any crap. It's a start. He's got his hat backwards. Yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> it's a start. So, Kenny, why, I, you know, we'll start with you and then move down here, but I do want to ask you, El Rey on K, you got your water, all that. You, you, you came here, you know, you went through New Mexico, you went through Houston, you went through Philadelphia. Why Sacramento? Yeah, uh, Sacramento's been good to me. I uh, still live in Natomas. Uh, my kids are in school. Actually, my oldest just uh, graduated from Christian Brothers. Uh, he's actually at Georgetown right now. Um, nice. He's second in his class this year. But I also got a 10-year-old nice. over here in Midtown. This is family. So being able to stay here in Sacramento, El Rey on K is my restaurant right across the street from the King's Arena. You got to check it out. We just got a new chef. And tonight we have club night. So you got to come check us out. We're club open to that was a lot of pressure right there with that toss. You just See, put that already, young man. He already man, had time. You put that young man under so much pressure. Turnover ratio for my career. <laughs> and I can't believe he dropped that. And then at the same time, keep an eye out. I I am actually the ambassador for Shriners Children's Hospital for Northern California. Okay. You can go to my website, and at the same time, I'll be doing stuff with them every month to give back. So I got a Thanksgiving event coming up, and I got a Christmas. Event coming up as well with Shriners Children's Hospital, so keep an eye out. He stays hey. busy. And Bonzi, we talked uh, a couple of days ago on the lowdown. You were finishing up around the golf, as it seems like it's just a re- requirement for former Sacramento Kings, or perhaps <laughs> former athletes, just they head straight to the golf course. Oh, yeah. But then you were headed to basketball practice. Oh, yeah. So how are you staying involved in the game now? Um, I'm a high school coach now. I'm coaching my alma mater uh, back in Indiana. Uh, this is my second year coaching uh, it's nice. Um, I've had an opportunity to work with the pros and stuff like that, but mess with those high school guys is priceless. Um, they still, you know, listen sometimes, you know, which is a good thing. And um, it's just a blessing to be able to give back. Um, you know, this is my community. Just like, you know, Kenny was talking about, you know, community is everything with us and um, just be able to give back. And I coach for free, so it's, it's awesome to be able to work with the guys every day from the heart. So you're doing it because you obviously you love it. Oh, yeah. But you're in your hometown, in yeah. Indiana. What if you get the call? I mean, if I get the call, I will have to make a decision. But it'll be, you know, um, it, this is just something I needed to do to make sure this is what I wanted to do, you know. Um, and I got a passion for it. Um, this, like I said, this is my second year. And, um, you know, after going through my health scare, I had a heart attack about a year ago. And I'm just, just very thankful to be, um, just to be alive, you know. And I'm just, you know, every day I don't take it for granted. I don't take no days for granted. And I'm just, you know, when I see those kids every day, you know, they motivate me to, you know, every single day. Derek, you were always a grinder. You always, you always scrapper, and 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 I know you felt the love here in Sacramento because this town always gravitates. They always gravitate to those hustle guys. They always gravitate to the guys that'll be the first ones off the bench if something happens. How much of that grind kind of threw you into the coaching world? The ability to kind of pass on what you had in your head and in your heart to those kids. Uh, I walked into the locker room in 2004 at Toronto. And I was the old guy all of a sudden when I was used to being <laughs> the young guy. Right. And, and these guys can tell you that that's a, that's a transition that just hits you. And I started to work with Chris Bosch, uh, Anthony Parker, Chris Humphreys, uh, Jose Calderon, and just kind of teach them what it meant to be a professional in this league, sure. what, it me- what it meant to win, how to win in this league. And I really got the bug. And I really enjoyed seeing them have success. 
and I knew I helped him get there. And I would sit there and laugh and just say little, you know, one-liners to him when they would come off the court. Hey, remember I told you that? It's like, yeah, 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 D-Mart, that was right. Yeah, Make sure they know. Thanks for the help. And it just really kind of kick-started my coaching career. And I've, I've been very fortunate, very blessed. I, you know, I coached with Kurt Rambis with the Minnesota Timberwolves at St. John's with Steve Lavin. And then I was the head coach last year for the Reno Bighorn. So it's really been a great ride for me, and I'm very thankful and very blessed. Whether as a coach nice. or a player, because you guys, uh, you kind of just nodded when you talked about making the transition from being the younger player on the roster to being the older player on the roster. and You trying to uh, uh, kind of give guys advice as they come to you. Has there ever been a player, you don't have to name names if you don't want to, but has there ever been a player who you saw had it and you would try to talk to them after the game and they just weren't interested? They just weren't interested in being guided by an older vet. That's all. The, that's all these young kids. Yeah, I would agree with Monzi on that. Good lord! At, at first, that's us too. That's that's how they accept it because uh, they think you're think you're hating on them in some type of fashion. But once you sit there, go out to dinner with them, hang out with them, now they're more receptive to what you're saying, and I, and I think that's a big part of what you have to do right now is get to know these young kids, get to know what they're like. Like I, skinny jeans, I don't have my skinny jeans on today or my skinny uh, sweats, but that's what they're wearing these days. And you have, to, you have to understand what's going on in their world. Once you do that, I think they're more receptive to understanding what you're saying to them yeah. and more receptive to you helping them. And then that's how you broker a relationship with a lot of these young kids these days. Yeah, it's all about trust. They got to trust you. Yo, Bonte, I want to ask you, this is a little after, Derek, your stint with Sacramento, but those, the, that Kings team, I believe you both were on. Well, you, you were both on the roster, the, the Artest year, when, when Artest came over, I yeah, think? Yeah, I was. There, no, I wasn't. I the, wasn't. No, that was before. That, you, you were before that. Kenny, you were on that, Yeah, correct? I was on the team. There, each <laughs> successful Kings team has had a, a, those identities, you know, the early 2000s or the Mitch Richmond ones. And the, the, the outlier was always that, that, that group. There was something different about that team that that it, it was. We were talking about scrappiness with Derek. You guys were scrappy. You maybe you maybe weren't the most talented, you know, on the surface Kings team of all time. But you guys, for lack of a better term, you guys were dogs. You you had that mentality. You had that fight in you. When you think back to to that year and those years, I imagine it's pretty fondly. Oh, definitely. I mean, I I loved it. I loved that year in Sacramento. It was probably one of my best years in the NBA. Um, you know, when I came in, I didn't really know what to expect, but I knew when we played against these guys, it seemed like they had fun all the time. I mean, yeah. the crowds was fun. Um, and just when I came in, Mike and uh, Rick and the whole clan just kind of took me in, and they knew the type of player I was, and they just let me be me. And um, they didn't hold me back. They just let me be the dog, like you said, that I was. And, you know, when we traded for Ron, I knew I had one more just like me. And I knew the um, guys were going to be scared of us, and we used that to our advantage every night. If I remember correctly, God, I want to say when he came, there was a point when you guys were like eight and a half out. Yeah. And Ron went to the press and said, we're making the playoffs. We're making the playoffs. We're making the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you made the playoffs. Ron lost his mind. Yeah. Oh, man, Ron That's lost his mind That's what it was. Again. He lost his mind. There's yeah. no chance he's shooting. This guy's nuts and all that. Turns out Ron's one of the coolest guys in the world. Ron's one of the nicest guys in the world. And you guys rallied around that and made it happen. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, that was our end goal. But, you know, as, as trades happen and you start to learn to play with guys, it takes a little bit to gel with them. And Ron saw that once we got it together, we were going to be dangerous. And um, you saw in that Spurs series in the first round, I mean, we probably should have knocked them. But, you know, you, we show how dangerous we could have been. And um, I wish that team could have stayed together. 
Dave referenced uh, a couple of notable Sacramento Kings eras of basketball where uh, there were personalities on the team. Obviously, Ron Artest, a big personality, but it was for the most part a team. Kenny, you came over from Philadelphia where you played with Allen Iverson. What was the dynamic there where Allen Iverson is a bigger-than-the-team type personality? Practice. Talk about practice? Talking about practice? Practice. What's that? You talking about practice? I show up for games and I drop 40, 50. That's not good. <laughs> talking practice. No, but um, I think with Allen and just being able to be a part of that organization, he brought the same attitude like a Bonzi did or a Ron Artest. They really only cared about winning. I cared about winning too, but at the same time, Bonzi, the the excitement and the fear that he brought to people when he played against them was the same thing that Ron brought to the table. People were just intimidated to a certain extent. And that was the attitude that we needed when, when Bonzi and Ron came because here in Sacramento before that, we would put the points up, but nobody was playing defense. That's where I think I came in and played defense and did all the strappy stuff and got in where I fit in when it was opportunity to score. So. Yeah. Well, and, and I remember everybody on here has kind of a distinct personality about them. And Kenny, with you, you know, we talked about Derek being scrappy. Bonzi, I, I, I fell in love with you and your game, watching you grow from Portland and Sacramento and where you went. It was almost like a, a new and improved, different, uh, older, wiser Bonzi Wells who, who uh, you, you saw that growth throughout your career. And Kenny, with you, one thing that, that we've talked about before on, on the show was that there was a stretch when you were with the Kings where you weren't playing a lot. And, and and I think at one point I'm going to get the timing wrong, but I think you 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 didn't see minutes for God. It had to be two weeks, maybe something like that. And you came in double double, double double. It was a matter of me coming in and trying to be professional, and it, it was hard because I felt like I wanted to play and I could help my teammates win and the organization win. But at the time, it just didn't work like that. From 2000, I think from 2008 to 2010, I didn't see the floor at all. And we were going through coaches at that time. And whenever I got my opportunity, I knew that I could go play defense. I knew that I could rebound the basketball. And I knew that I could run the court and get layups and try and get myself going on the offensive end. I did that. I was fine. You mentioned coaching changes. Sacramento Kings fans are very familiar with that over the course of the last decade. It's a change. We obviously look at it from a fan's perspective or from our case, a media perspective. What is it like for you as players when you find out your coach is either going in the offseason, midseason, whatever it, it is, how do you guys adjust? I will say this, if you guys don't mind me going first. I'll say this. I played 11 years, and I had 10 coaches. Wow. <laughs> it's not good. I Kenny. had one. In, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> it wasn't me. It's not I good. had one in Houston, four in Philadelphia, and five here in Sacramento. Sacramento was from 2005 to 2010. I had five coaches. Well, so why were you so mean to all the coaches then? <laughs> Man, so. I was just... <laughs> Man, and, and what's, what's so crazy, the last three years, I was the oldest on the team. And like Bonzi was saying, the younger guys are coming in, and it was just a lack of respect to a certain extent. Because when I came in, I used to, I mean, I, when I came in, I had Charles Barker, Akeem Olajuwon, all those guys. And, and if you didn't speak, you mess around, might get slapped or something, you know what I mean? But Facts. It's, just a lo- it's just a level of respect, but hopefully the game can get back to that. Bonzi? You know, when coaches come in, obviously that's, as Damien said, a lot different for you guys and for the media or for the fans. I mean, I've been in situations where I've been happy to see some coaches leave. <laughs> you know, sometimes you need a new voice, you know, and 
You know, it just is what it is. You got, like Kenny said, you got to be professional. Um, it just it, This is a business that, that that turnaround happens all the time, so you got to expect it, and it just is what it is, and you got to obviously learn quick. You got to obviously get on as good side as you can play. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just it's, 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 it's some variables to come into play, but, you know, guys are so used to the routine of having new teammates and new personnel around them, you just kind of just – you know, stick to the same um, status quo as, um, you know, every time that happens. Sure. So, Derek, you're the coach up here. How do you feel hearing all of that? <laughs> I feel good because I completely understand. As a player, um, I played for probably six different coaches for 13 years. So I understand what it means to have a different voice. And in some instances, I needed a different voice yeah. to keep me going. I needed a, a, a change of scenery. And oftentimes, as a player, you need that, a change of scenery, because – where you are, the coach is just, he sounds like, for lack of a better term, Charlie Brown, wonk, 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 right. wonk, So you need something to kind of get you motivated again. Uh, as athletes, we already are motivated to play in the NBA, but something kind of to, to believe in, and that's what you need as a player. And sometimes you need that change of scenery to do that. So uh, with me, as a coach now, it's a little different. I, I, I think I'm the ultimate players coach. Uh, I don't take myself too seriously. Uh, the last, last two years, I have a couple guys get mad at me, yell at me. Uh, before, after I called a timeout, we come in a timeout, I'm still drawing a play and they're still mad. And I'm not mad. Just go out and execute the play. It is what it is. I understand being on that other side as a player where you have to get this out. Uh, a couple guys I told were soft. And I only told them that to kind of push their button. Sure. So they come into the huddle and they're yelling, Coach, I'm not MF soft. I'm so I'm not soft. Right, 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 right. And I said, Yeah, okay. I'm just drawing to the play. And they're just going on for about 10 seconds to get it out of their system. And it doesn't bother me. I understand that because sometimes you need to be able to get it out. And as players, once they get it out, and I just drew up the play and we're out there. And actually, the play was for him. And he went right out there and dunked the ball. And laugh and say, Coach, I told you I'm not soft. There you I go. Say, yeah, yeah. I lie, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're soft. All right. Well, and we've had a few ball players and ex-ball players uh, on the stage today. And, and one question, unless I missed it, that, that we haven't run by any of you guys is something that came down a couple days ago from the NBA. And I'm really curious to see how you take it. There's going to be a few new rules next year. One of the new rules is off, and, and there's a couple other conditions here, but off an, an offensive rebound. So I, I shoot somebody. I'm, I'm explaining to them offensive rebound. She's after, after an offensive rebound, instead of the clock resetting to 24, it resets to 14. I, I, I'm curious from guys who played the game. I mean, is that something that we're just going to settle into and think nothing of it? Or is that to you a major change in how the game's going to play? I mean, I think that's how it should be. I mean, yeah. it, 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 it quickens up the game, obviously, you know, because you get offensive rebound, you get a whole another 24 seconds. And really in a possession, you once you get past half court, you only got 18 seconds. So right. I think, um, I'm sorry, 16 seconds. Um, so, I mean, I think that's the right thing to do. I think that was the right move to speed up the game. Kenny? I would say it's one of those things to where if the game is close, they're trying to give the other team an opportunity to come down and score because a lot of teams do stall and hold the ball. So I think it's going to speed up the game, like Bonzi said as well. And Derek, they've done this I, I in the G League, it, haven't they? I experienced it for the last two years. Uh, we did it in G League. And I think it's a very good thing because now I had to coach my team in practice to be prepared to get an offensive rebound. And then what do we do next? And And I think... It's an advantage if 
you take your team and teach them how to play with 14 seconds. So I, I, I love it. I think it's, it's great. Resetting the, the 24, I always thought was bad because now it slows the games down. You don't get the scores or what have you. But now going to 14, I think there's always a little bit of the hair on your neck standing up like, okay, what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So now as a coach, you have to prepare for that. So we would have practices where we just play for 14 seconds every day. We play for, for 14 seconds, you know, so I can prepare my guys to understand what it meant to operate in 14 seconds and what I was looking for them to do as a team. And eventually it worked out for us good. You know, we, we won games and all, you can see the look in our guys' face when they got the offensive rebound. They were calm. They knew what they were trying to get to. They knew the plays that I wanted to run. And we had more success than other teams. I think Kenny's melted about three inches since we've been sitting up here. So we're going to wrap up here. Kenny, Derek, Bonzi, we appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for coming out. Yes, sir.